Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Faced with China's looming threat, a growing number of regular citizens are learning to defend their homeland. Right now, these guys are training in how to transition from a rifle to a handgun, the kind of combat techniques they say they're going to need to know if there's an invasion from China. As from the ABC Evening News last night, just regular people there in Taiwan trying to get some uh, training on fighting because they think they might have to while they're surrounded by warships. Did you see how far China went in this exercise with the planes and the... the bombs and the boats and the putting out videos of what Taiwan would look like after they attacked. Yeah, video of Ooh. them obliterating Taiwan. Yeah, they had, uh, you know, mock-up, pretty realistic video of what it would look like to blow it to bits and then distributed pictures of this is what your island's going to look like when we're done. That's pretty uh, provocative. I would say. China is that's a good point, sir. Um, I'm not sure exactly what they're trying to uh, accomplish with this. Drive Taiwan away from the West and tell them to mind their P's and Q's? or Do they think they're going to scare us off? If the, That we would think, oh, my God, they're serious about it. Well, we're not willing to put up, you know, push back against that. Or I've heard that um, the Chinese are really rooting for a soft on China candidate to win the presidential election. I think it's next year. Our presidential election or Taiwan's? Taiwan's. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. Taiwan's presidential election. And uh, that president will lead a, an effort to reconcile with the mainland. Well, that would be the choice of uh, the Taiwanese people. If that's what they'd vote in. Well, there's our answer. So you, you put out a video showing them all getting obliterated and their cities being leveled, and you say, well, you could vote for the candidate that's going to bring this, or you could vote for the candidate that's going to 
start uh, talks to to reconcile you with the uh, the fatherland. Right. Okay. Well, that'll be something to watch. Burr. So yesterday I got on the topic of the whole skateboard park thing, which I won't re explain if you didn't hear it but basically it it came down to like two ways of viewing the world you want perfection which stops anything from happening or do you want reality with a little messiness it's the whole regulation game all the way around do you want to heavily regulate businesses to where no business can ever open but at least those that do open will be perfect or do you want to have things be a little looser you have the occasional i don't know rat feces in a sandwich or whatever it is that happens or unhappy handicapped person at the bathroom the sandwich say like on the floor or in the kitchen literally in the sandwich nobody's going to agree with you (laughs) that that was a terrible argument i didn't do a good job of making my argument well the, the the one the perfect argument is what actually happened to me you had an empty skateboard park on a beautiful saturday afternoon because of all the regulations where there were other skateboard parks that didn't have all the regulations that were packed full of kids playing. And some of you actually think, and I just, I can't get in your head, just like you can't get in mine. You think it's better to have an empty skateboard park, but at least there aren't any kids there that aren't wearing elbow pads and knee pads and their parents signed the release form. Exactly. Better nobody should skateboard than some kid could get hurt. I just don't understand that at all. And it's similar with this whole... Uh, children working thing. It's not, I don't call them children, they're teenagers, but came across this. So I think it got started by this viral TikTok, TikTok driving so many things. A viral TikTok shows a 13-year-old kid working at Chick-fil-A as a customer asks, is this even allowed? The response by uh, one of your prominent uh, Twitterers was, Chick-fil-A is not alone in exploiting children for cheap labor. In Iowa, yes, that's a real sign in a McDonald's, and they've got a picture of a sign. <laughs> the sign is a McDonald's, and out front it says, now hiring 14 and 15-year-olds, now hiring $15 per hour. This person says, yes, that's a real sign in a McDonald's, advertising to hire 15, 14 and 15-year-olds. My son, I guarantee you, he's 13, would say, can I get a job there next year? Can I get a job there next year? Because he wants to buy, earn money to buy a car. Wow, I see where you're going with this. I was They're per- not snatching them out of orphanages and forcing them to work. It's kids showing up and saying, yeah, I'd love a job. And that's a horror. Snatching them out of orphanages. Um, I was proposed extreme child labor bills, SF-542 and HF-645, was spearheaded by the National Restaurant Association, who represent fast food companies. Instead of paying livable wages for adults, more corporations are paying their lobbyists to push for loosening child labor laws to exploit teens as cheap labor. Wow, that sentence was written by somebody who has no idea how economics work. None. That's why we're seeing more of these child labor bills at the state level like Arkansas and Iowa. It's shameful. Well, first of all, every restaurant in the dang country doesn't have enough workers. Our argument is, well, you need to pay them more to get more adults to work there. Um, Um, We don't make enough money to pay them a quote-unquote living wage to flip burgers right it's not a choice beyond a certain point how much you pay your workers beyond a certain point you have to close your doors because or raise the 
well, you'll end up closing your doors anyway, raise the price of your burgers to the point that you can afford the adult workers, but nobody's going to eat there because the burgers are too expensive. Um, also, just the idea. So this gets back to what I was saying at the beginning. I don't understand what's going on in your brain. You don't understand what's going on in mine. If you think that that's a horror, the fact that that, that anyone say, yes, that's a real sign at McDonald's advertising. You think it's awful that 14 and 15 year olds would go work at a restaurant and make some money. I think it's awesome. I think it's wonderful. I would be filled with pride, enthusiasm and optimism if my son put on the paper hat at age 14 and worked at mcdonald's i would think yes this is awesome he is going to learn so many important things about life and make money this is great you are sad find it shameful and are sickened by the idea how could we be that far apart in the same country well it's the whip wielding horseback mcdonald's recruiters that go into the elementary school classrooms and, and drag the, the kids out by their by their hair well, when the orphanages are emptied, they're going to have to work their way to the elementary school classrooms where they grab the children by their hair and, and drag them screaming in terror to McDonald's to begin working. You know, I actually saw a video. It may have been AI generated, but it was Grimace and Ronald McDonald had set up a roadblock where school buses were stopped. They drug the kids off the buses and forced them at Spork at Spork Point to work in the restaurant. And handle the McRib. Grimace looming out of the darkness. Raw, what am I? Nobody knows. Raw. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is so. It's so interesting because, as you point out, there's such a huge disconnect. I, you know, and you have two different things. Number one, you have the utter uh, inability to comprehend business and a market and the way a market functions which I think you did a pretty good job of summarizing. And then you have the the idea that employment is entirely exploitation of a human being as opposed to a mutually agreed upon relationship. Freely exchanged, too. Um, now, and all, do I want... And all wages are merely how much am I willing to give you versus what I keep for my yacht and my gold coins. <laughs> Right. (laughs) Numbskulls. If you can't attract workers, you pay more. If you still can't attract them, you pay even more to the point where you're paying so much, it doesn't make sense to do business anymore. That's the way wages work. It's really pretty simple. And as Jack pointed out, perhaps you can, uh, if you sold a $20 uh, cheeseburger, uh, you could pay your workers enough to attract enough workers. Well, the other problem is you're not going to have any damn customers because nobody's going to pay $20 for a cheeseburger. So, again, it's a pretty simple thing. But the other uh, aspect of it is, and now, I don't want 11-year-old girls working in sawmills and r- regularly losing limbs. If it's patently you unsafe don't. work for children to be doing, no, I'm against you're that. You're on the record. For the record. Right. I am on. Is somebody keeping a record? Please. Uh, on the other hand, I assume if some 14-year-old goes to work at McDonald's, uh, it's because they want the job or the family needs the money, and it's tiring work, but it's not cruel or exploitive. Uh, you know, I uh, I lied about my age when I was 11 so I could start working. So I didn't, I didn't feel exploited. I was thrilled. I was so happy. I did not grow up with affluence. There's stuff I wanted. So if I wanted a guitar, I had to earn the money to buy it. So that's exactly what I did and was thrilled at the opportunity. 
I'd be interested in some of your replies to this, and I can run through some of the blue checkmark Twitter replies to the idea. It's another one of those things where you have two completely different points of view. You just think it's awful that 14-year-olds would be exploited by the capitalist machine, or you think it's awesome, and yay, my kid is actually going to have a shot at surviving in the world. Well, and the other aspect of this has to do with immigration policy that maybe we can get to next segment. Mm. Um, because I've, I've read some of the articles about this, and there's another fundamental disconnect between people who certain think one way and people who think a certain other way. Uh, so our text line is four, more on the way on these discussions, 415-295-KFTC. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, as I dig more into this, I'm more fascinated. Uh, This particular conversation started with a viral TikTok showing a 13-year-old kid working at a Chick-fil-A. And someone saying, is that even allowed? And then you either came out in favor of 13, 14, 15-year-olds working jobs and, and, and told stories of how you did as a kid. And it was one of the best things you ever did in terms of having money and learning about the world and learning things you don't want to. That was one of the main things I got out of it. When I was working in high school, I was damn certain I wasn't going to do that the rest of my life. Oh, yeah. I was going to figure out another path. Because lifting bales of hay in the hot sun was not what I... And I was working with guys who were 40 who were doing that. And I was thinking, I don't want to be doing this when I'm 40. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I uh, I remember as a younger man saying many times to people as they were asking me about my new career, I said, once I figured out what it means to give all of my time to somebody else for money, I decided I wanted to do something else. 
And and that's, yeah, you learn that through working. And I also mentioned uh, what kicked this conversation off on Twitter and then on our uh, radio show here is this McDonald's in Iowa that has a sign outside now hiring 14 and 15 year olds, $15 per hour. And I would see that. And I know my son would see it, who's 13 and a half, and say, awesome. In six months, I get to start making money. But this person, uh, influential person on Twitter, said, yes, that's a real sign at a McDonald's advertising to 14 and 15-year-olds. Wow. Um, I don't understand that horror. Uh, Tim Sandifer, our friend, tweeted out uh, in response to this conversation. Yes, what the world needs is more teenagers sitting around unemployed. Um, the pushback, I guess, is instead of paying livable wages for adults, more corporations are paying their lobbyists to push for loosening child labor laws to exploit teens as cheap labor. Another blue checkmark economist type person responded, summer jobs are normal, save for college, car, etc. Most teens don't have to support families. They get good experience socializing, start hating taxes, etc. Of course, the left does not want you to start hating taxes. Yeah, wow, that's a great uh, statement there, my Twittery friend. Well actually, actually, says this economist, teens filling minimum wage jobs is an indicator that adults have better job opportunities locally. It's a good sign. And or uh, the largesse of the government is generous enough, <coughs> excuse me, that the adults don't have to seek jobs at all. Good point. The Libertarian Party has its own Twitter Feed and tweeted out, legalize child labor. Children will learn more on a job site than at a government school. Not hard to argue with that. Dan McLaughlin, another blue check mark. It's good to have child labor laws, but their precise details were not handed down on stone tablets. A 14-year-old working part-time at a fast food restaurant is a far cry from six-year-olds running looms 15 hours a day in Victorian factories. Yeah, obviously. Well, Another not, great point. Not obviously for some people, I guess. They're equal. Well, you're right. Awful. It's not obvious. And or, again, as so often happens with lefties, and there are several I know and love, uh, they operate almost entirely from an emotional base. They just react with their hearts and don't think these things through. I uh, like this thought. The question isn't who's going to let me. It's who's going to stop me. Yeah, that's the way we ought to look at everything. Why are you stopping a 14-year-old from willingly taking a job? Uh, this person uh, tweeted out, I don't know how y'all grew up, uh, but children should not be doing any type of working labor. They should be enjoying their childhood. Children are not tools to be exploited in the workforce for workforce. Those so who are interesting. Those Somebody who are willingly taking employment for a given wage is being exploited. Those who are agreeing with this, what's wrong with you? So that person is as perplexed by my point of view, as I am by theirs. As often, you know, again, another complaint about the left, you all are so paternalistic. How about you let people decide the way they want to live their lives and live them? If a 15-year-old wants a job or their family needs the money and it's not overtly dangerous and everybody involved is a willing participant, let them do it. Yeah, I didn't even get into the overtly dangerous part because they talked about construction jobs and farm jobs, which are dangerous. I did lots of those, and they were dangerous, and I didn't care. I didn't worry about it. Nobody I know got hurt horribly bad. 
I mean, there are plenty of laws in place for that sort of thing, and you, you pay a bad price as a business if somebody gets hurt. Um, you have plenty of incentives to not to, if not just oh. because you don't want to hurt children or anybody else. Sure. But the other aspect of this I want to touch on very quickly is that uh, I read a long piece about this. Uh, New York Times, Washington Post, I don't recall, but uh, they were talking about how many immigrant families these kids would like be asleep at school because then they had to go work their mm-hmm. shift at at whatever employer and how tough that was on the kids. And it did sound very, very difficult on the kids. But I've got to remind you, because a lot of you people who are decrying the idea of a 15-year-old having a job are on the left side of the aisle when it comes to immigration law. So these parents have made the conscious decision to bring their families to the United States, and they need their kid to pitch in to support the family. But you want to make that illegal, and then... The only alternative, I would guess, is that the taxpayer must fund programs then to support that family. So you've just made a lie of your own claim that these people come to the United States and can support themselves. They're they're either charity cases, and you have to admit it, or you got to let them make a living the way they see fit. If you miss an hour of this here show, you can grab it in podcast form, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. all your texts about uh, your opinions on teenagers working and you know you listen to this show so it's not shocking that practically all of them agreed with our point of view but um uh i read a lot of them and uh, we'll feature some more later stay tuned all right looking forward to that Uh, i'm sorry i was just checking email to follow up on that segment as well and came across some crazy ass emails from some crazy ass people (laughs) (laughs) not on that topic but on others i I don't even know uh, what the hell they're talking about. Anyway, uh, 
Sorry for the casual obscenities, folks. I have a potty mouth, and I apologize for it. Uh, so uh, moving along, some uh, more controversial educational techniques. Um, I, I decided, uh, I guess it was late yesterday. I'm officially old, and uh, it's kind of an ongoing theme around here these days. But not only have I embraced bird watching uh, with my wife. That is, is that is that is giving in to oldness, definitely. Uh, oh, 100%. It's great, though. I love it. They're, they're birds, they're so beautiful, so graceful, lovely. So, so no, not solo rock climbing. You're going with a... Uh, no. And I've, I've also given up jumping up and down on a stage with a rock and roll band for gardening. Yes, I am now an enthusiastic gardener. I spent all day yesterday gardening and just loved it. When you bird watch, do you have some sort of supportive black socks up to your knees? Of course. All right. I mean, you got to dress appropriately. I just want to picture you bird watching. Actually, now that I know, I think I was uh, sockless in uh, running shoes. But anyway, uh <clears throat> It was great fun, uh, and I like to take pictures of them, too, but we were gardening yesterday. We got a bunch of the big pots, like the, the big ceramic pots that you put on your back patio or mm-hmm. whatever, and, and and why the hell are they that expensive, by the way? Um, but we planted, like, I think it was nine of them uh, yesterday. Well, Judy had to leave, and so I finished at 8 o'clock at night doing this, and I'm hauling big bags of potting soil back and forth and bags full of rocks and gravel and stuff like that. And it's, you know, fairly strenuous. This morning, I felt like I'd seriously been run down by a Kenworth truck. I mean, it was... Uh, I finally took some ibuprofen because I didn't want, you know, to every time I walked into the studio and sat down to go, oh, oh, as I got a brr, mm, grunt every time I did anything because I knew Michael would mock me for it. I would. So because he's so cruel well you hate to be sore from gardening that's funny i remember distinctly when we were working at a radio station decades ago and so i would have been like 30 and we were doing a i don't remember what it was but we were doing some sort of like recording something with a bunch of other co-workers it's kind of like the equivalent of a podcast and one of the older newswomen saying yeah i get lots of exercise i garden and i remember thinking to myself your exercise is gardening that's well, and the I remember thing I've ever heard, uh, and I remember them saying it's. They were doing like a primer on gardening on the morning show for the sister station. They were talking about it's really important you stretch out <laughs> and you You're get warmed stretching up before you garden. Good lord! And but like the young bucks we were, we thought that was hilarious. The the day will come. Oh yeah! Oh my gosh! The time is undefeated, as Positive Sean used to say. Yeah. But the one thing I've realized, and it's weird, and maybe. Maybe there's a neurologist out there or a teacher or somebody who can explain this to me. Uh, I'm reasonably verbal, or I'd like to think I am. I'm decent enough with words. I have a largish vocabulary, et cetera, et cetera. I am congenitally unable to remember the names of plants. (laughs) And and, I mean, it's across the bear. Well, no, it's it's just weird. My wife makes fun of me for it, too, because she can point out, like, camellias and gardenias, and okay. we'll talk about them, and all five minutes later, I can't remember which is which. The next day, I can't remember either name. And you and want to. Just that's, plants. that's the key. You, oh, yeah. you would like to, because, like, I don't remember stuff that I don't care about. I, you could tell me, and I'd never remember, because I don't care but you care right. and you can't remember oh yeah okay. i want to remember yeah mm-hmm. but so we're, we're plant shopping the other day and and you got this you know fairly young person it's not like they're a 70 year old botanist with with three phds but it's like some 24 year old gals walking around 
with us and she said and we tell her what we're looking for and blah 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 she says oh my gosh the Zamphilius would be absolutely fantastic you get the Zamphilius combine it with the Diplodocus oh oh and some Stromboliana <laughs> would be beautiful and and then the Blinkus fondue and the and, and then I go look at the Blinkus fondue and it looks perfect and then I go back to the Strombolius and and then by then I can't remember which one's the Diplodocus and I have to ask again <laughs> And they're like, it's the one we just showed you. And, and I want to tell them, look, I have a disability. I don't know why. I can't even, you know, I, I'm getting better at like an what's an oak tree and what's a maple because I look at the leaves. But beyond that, I, I don't know. It's weird. Mm. It's weird. You I can, can tell- name your Supreme Court justices. I can, I, can, I can go into detail on music theory and all sorts of stuff. Can't remember the name of damn plants. That is interesting how that works. And... um like, I know that you could name all the members of bands that haven't existed for 40 years. Oh, yeah. 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 I'd like to clear that and out of my head. And you don't care about that. Nope. Not even a little. Songs can pop on the radio I haven't heard in 25 years. I remember all of the words. Yeah, that's, a, that's a different thing about the way the brain works. Oh. Uh, well, the way, I need the to way set we... plant names to music. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why that one is either. I got on some, oh, Yacht Rock. So I was listening to the Yacht Rock uh, channel on my, on uh, something, and uh, and songs were coming up I hadn't heard in literally 40 years. Why don't we steal away? Yeah, exactly, that sort of thing. And yeah. uh, and every word, every word, every grunt, every nuance was still right. there in my brain. And I thought, why can't I do that with passwords for my bank <laughs> oh. or anything else? It's so crazy, yeah. You remember the words in the third verse and the fact that he hesitates. Yeah. Like he doesn't do in the first two verses or whatever. I know, and, and it's I guess that's good in its own way, but again, can I swap it out? Can I trade? Can I can I get an update to my software? I that's would, what I need. I would like to get rid of the words to Little River Bands reminiscing and put in there, you know, other more important things. Can I lose the bass players from REO Speedwagon <laughs> and get I don't know the name of plants. I guess which sounds every bit as lame, but I'm that way uh. with vegetables. I just cannot remember the names of vegetables. And every time I get sent to the store to get like uh, 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 Brussels sprouts, I always have to say, "Can you send me a picture? Which ones are the Brussels sprouts or versus asparagus versus any of the other green things? Wow. They're all. I have no idea what any of them are. Yeah, I'm good at vegetables. Ah, oh, no idea. All right, here's your gardening tip. You're going to do a big pot with uh, with plants in there. And and it's funny. I kept talking about uh, growing stuff in pots, and my friends make you're gonna grow pot. And I'm like, dude, I spent you know quarter century plus in in California. You can grow all the pot you want. So anyway, ah, uh, where was I? So, um, working with the the landscape designer who's working in our front yard, and uh, and he says because uh, I I texted him. I said, I'm looking for uh, advice on the plants we get. And he says, uh, all right, here's what you need. And th- here's you got to jot this down for your planting uh, pots. You need a thriller, some filler, and some spiller. <laughs> the thriller's your main plant. Gotcha. Your big flowering thing that grows up. Your Venus filler, fly trap I'm going with. If you'd like. Your uh, your filler is your like mid-level. You got some flowers or something. And then your spiller is something viney that like spills down over the edges of the pot. Okay. Your thriller, so your filler, and your spiller. That's where you like plant the Dan Bongino or whatever it's called. The- <laughs> 
Oh, some roseate Bongino would just be beautiful right there. Just put it in my cart now because I'm not going to remember what it is, where it is, or what it's called. Okay, thank you very much. Anyway, moving along. Those are so good, should be good for your brain uh, hobbies. I love doing it, though. I, you know what I think it is? I loved being a parent so much, and now I get a chance. Well, like my dog, I'm so fond of Baxter, but um, planting something and taking care of it and watching it grow, I just, it's got to be related, right? Oh, that makes perfectly good sense, yeah. Yeah, yeah I spend all my time parenting. I can't imagine what it's going to be like where that doesn't take all my time. Something's got to replace yeah. it. Yeah. So on a completely different topic, since we were talking about uh, education and, and kids and uh, all sorts of related topics throughout the uh, throughout the show today, I want to get this on. You know, there are those who believe all the gender stuff and the sex ed and all is grooming children. They're trying to sexualize children. And I think there are some activists who want to sexualize children. They have very perverse beliefs about sex. I think a lot of it is they just want to indoctrinate kids into this critical theory stuff, well, which covers it, a lot of ground. Yeah, well, and the point of the critical theory might be this, but it seems pretty clear to me, actually, as whistling to a podcast yesterday where the guy was making this point very well. It's it's about destroying the American family. That's one of the great Marxist goals is to yes. do away with the American family. And going down this road of there's no such thing as genders and all these different things is a good way to do that. Yeah, I've told the story before. My freshman year of college, uh, a teacher who's clearly a Marxist talking about how the nuclear family is an organ of oppression. Right. And I'm like, wait, what? I'm 18 years old. Anyway, uh, so uh, I've never bought fully into that whole groomer thing. But here's a health teacher at an Oregon high school instructed her students to write a story about their sexual fantasies and publicly identify which classmates they would have sex with. Oh, my God. Students at Winston Churchill High School in Eugene, Oregon, who missed class earlier this month, were tasked with writing a sexually explicit story as a makeup assignment. The assignment prompts uh, instructed students to write a fantasy story with no penetration of any kind or oral pleasures I in order to show... I don't want you mentioning those things you just said to my high schooler. At all. Ever. But... They're in order to show that you can show and receive loving physical affection without having sex which I thought was interesting. You will choose three items, romantic music, candles, massage oil, feather, feather boa, flavored syrup, etc., to use in the story. Wow. And did you say the teacher was a dude or a chick? Um, It's weird either way. I think it's a woman. Uh, No. No, the teacher who is also a football coach who's not been disciplined. I'm guessing it's a dude. But then listen to this. After Churchill High parents shared the prompt on Facebook, other parents raised concern about the same class, which in February required students to play a game called With Whom Would You Do It? At least that's proper grammar. During the game, Whom Would You Do It? (laughs) So the old Who Would You Do is Whom Would You Do? Okay. With Whom Would You Do? I come from an area so rich, the who was referred to as the whom. (laughs) During the game, a spinning wheel labeled with sexual acts, including, I'm not even comfortable saying this one, and oral gratification were projected in the classroom. When the wheel stopped in a category, students were supposed to mark the initials of a male and female student with whom they would want to perform the act. That is so crazy. This is the craziest one we've ever had. 
Th- this should have, you know, the kids don't know because they're kids. They don't have any perspective. But somebody should have, like, been texting, uh, videotaping it for their parents. And the teacher should have been marched out of there in cuffs before 3.05 when the bell rang. That's insane. Said one father, my daughter was very, very, very uncomfortable I'm in the classroom. Sure. His daughter and her friend opted out of the activity but still got graded. Both sexually explicit assignments are part of the health curriculum adopted by the Eugene School Board in 2016. Wow. Oregon is the latest blue state to embrace sexually explicit curricula. Thousands of Massachusetts parents in 2021 pulled children from sex education classes in which kindergartners learned about genitalia. Hundreds of Illinois districts opted out of a statewide sex education standard that directed teachers to instruct students about a number of controversial subjects, including hormone blockers and sex changes. I can tell you with personal experience recently, this idea that you call it health is lost on the kids. They only talk about the sex. They're talking about sex. Because my experience is right now. They talk about sex and this and that, all kinds of sex stuff. They're not talking about health. They get that the health class is all about sex. Yep. Indeed. Interesting stuff. Sick. It's weird. Very weird. Text line 415-295-KFTC. We will finish strong next. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Somebody, it's Manny here. I saw your video, saw how excited you were to uh, watch me play, and actually hit a homer. I'm sad I couldn't meet you and sign something for you. 
So I'm gonna get with your dad and see uh, if I can send you a little little care package. I also want to invite you watch Assistant VP and then watch the game. Um, you know, I think uh, you really enjoy that. So uh, looking forward to meeting you and um, you know wishing nothing but the best and uh, hope to see you soon, buddy. Have a good one. Oh my God! <laughs> How amazing is that? So, you got one of the biggest stars in Major League Baseball, sees a viral video of a little kid really enjoying him playing, and uh, reaches out a little extra something. That's nice. And sounded 1,000% sincere, which I appreciate. Indeed. Sound like a, a caring man. That's nice. And apparently he travels with a classical guitar player and a, and a mandolin, whatever that was in the background, that plays warm, heartwarming music whenever he speaks. <laughs> <laughs> I need that. I got I need that. <laughs> So we got some texts on previous conversations. I'll run through them kind of fast. Uh, there are only three kinds of plants. Joe, not dead, dying, and dead. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. Uh, on the idea of being able to remember musical stuff, which we've all experienced, I'm a lawyer. If I could remember law like I remember hairband lyrics, I'd be on the Supreme Court. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, what a great point. Yeah, yeah, you read all these cases and everything. And, and you try desperately to remember the names of the cases, but you can remember the name of the guitar player in Poison. Ugh. Yeah, you got all the winger lyrics. You're just not as good on Dred Scott. Um, uh, I work with elderly dementia patients. The part of the brain that processes music never atrophies. I believe it's the only part that doesn't. Music, ha- music wow. has an amazing way to connect with the nonverbal and severely demented people. I just noticed that the other day. I've as heard my, that. As, mm-hmm. my, as my mind slips as I get older in a variety of things, I never forget, like scales I've learned or chords or anything like that playing musical instruments ever they're like they're permanently I wonder why well I guess we just learned kind of it's final thoughts I remember the words of this one it's final thoughts with A&G. oh yeah Here's this song kicked ass Here's. Those were the best years of my life. <laughs> Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day. Let's begin with our technical director, Michelangelo. Michael. You know, if I'm going to do gardening, I only plant fruit trees, and here's why. i got to plant you in the ground. i got to water you. i got to trim you. If I'm going to do all this work, i got to get something back. There you go. So, only fruit trees. Wow, very selfish. Jack, a final thought for us. On the topic of whether teenagers should have jobs or not, we got this text. My 15-year-old got hit hard with depression during COVID. After a lot of pressure, he got a job at Chick-fil-A. Changed everything. He made friends. He got spending money. Whole new outlook on life. Keeping teenagers away from work is a horror. And I've talked a lot about my, my niece who I visited a year after she started working in a restaurant, she was a completely different person. It's like she had matured a decade and a half and a year by getting a job. Wow, fantastic. Yeah, powerful. Uh, my final thought is, as I scan all the things we did today and thinking about doing tomorrow, the whole wave of the really brutal, woke activists taking away people's careers and ruining them, that wave is peaked. And so, even if you were hesitant to speak out for sanity before, find the courage, friends. We're on the winning side of this. You're right. They're nuts. Courage. Armstrong and Getty. Oh, jeez. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. What makes a muskrat guard is musk. Courage.
So many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. we got the hot links for you there. Many fine clicks. Get some A&G swag. Drop us a note. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com if you like. Or uh, get the podcast. We've got links for you right there. Dan Rather would end the CBS Evening Newscast when he was the anchor by saying courage. It was just as jivey and stupid as you could possibly imagine. See you tomorrow. God bless America. Armstrong and Getty. Mama, whatever the f*** they're doing inside there. Okay. Let me uh, say something to all you and be as clear and concise as possible. I'm not a cat. A bob cat! Are you delusional or stupid? Yep. What the hell are you talking about? July, I haven't said a word, so stop yelling at me. Don't you think that's a little odd? There's no doubt in my mind. Absolutely. Yeah. How do you know? I know. I talked to him. Oh. <laughs> Have a terrific day. Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.